Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Well, this was supposed to be the day after game one of the American League Championship Series with the White Sox involved. But that didn't happen. Does it make you feel any better? Um, what went on last night? Nah, not not any better. It doesn't. No, no. That's a that's a pretty damn good team. Oh no, it's, yeah. and, and that's and that's why going even going into the series, the Sox and Astros, I wasn't. You said it. You were yeah. very realistic about it. Yeah, I they they're a really good team. They don't make defensive mistakes. They did yesterday. Mm. Yeah, uh, and they uh, they overcame them. And then the two guys, it's like. Um, you know, frickin' frack, uh, Laurel and Hardy. I mean, you know, Altuve. Yeah, Altuve and Correa. I mean, yeah, and amazing. don't tease me, Carlos. Please stop. <laughs> you know, stop telling me about deep dish pizza and how much you love the city. Uh, you know, I know, Tom Ricketts. I didn't see that in, in Tom's letter to the no. season ticket holders, where no. we're going to spend thirty-five million per year on this guy. Yeah. Um. And and I, you know, I saw people speculating it could be the first four hundred million dollar player. I don't know about that, but we'll get close. Yeah. I mean, that that he did, guy. He's so good. What is he, 26? I think, yeah, this is his first deal. I mean, his first really big 26, deal. 26. Look at that. And look what yeah. he did last night. Yeah. But, you know, in Chicago, he's like, yeah, I, I could see playing up there. You know, why wouldn't you want to play at Wrigley Field? Hey. But <laughs> would that be spending intelligently, Jed Hoyer? I think it might be. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, to have a guy give me like a few that. of those guys. Yeah. I mean, he's amazing. He is, uh, he's such a good player. And Altuve. I mean, for such a short guy, there's there was when I was a kid, there was a guy in the Royals named Freddie Patek who I think yeah, was like sure, five four five five. Yeah. And I went to a game one day. Patek led off for the Royals against Stan Bonson. I don't know for the White Sox, full house, first like first batter, and he hits an upper deck homer. I looked at my dad. I said, "We should leave now." I said, "It's not going <laughs> to get better." Traffic. Yeah, it's not going to get better for Stan. I mean, that's oh. just brutal. But yeah, it was, there was so much stuff on last night. And oh, I, man. again, I'm not bragging. They're not 80 inches like you know, some other people at the station. I'm talking about TVs. Right. The, I've got yeah. a 50, I got a 55 inch TV and two like 30 inches on the side. As I got three TVs in the basement and my black and white zenith with the foil on the antenna. <laughs> it wasn't even enough uh, three no. last night because I had to turn off the Bulls exhibition game to put on the sky um game three of the wnba finals which i figured i should have on since ten thousand, what 800 people or whatever were going to uh win trust last night that's unbelievable right yeah i mean that that is the support they and, and you know they deserve it because they're in a championship round um but that uh talk about coming a long long way yeah to get you know to it used to be a rumor right yeah. and now people are, are dying to get into there and and Watch playoff basketball and WNBA. Yeah, you'd find six or eight hundred people, maybe. Yeah. And um, yeah, yesterday because it's the WNBA finals, they had like a three-person, uh, a three-woman show. You know, before and at halftime and after the game, and you had uh, Holly Rowe on the sidelines yesterday, and uh, yeah, it was great. Um, I thought it was a great game, and it it was really over at halftime because they had such a big lead, and now they have Game 4 of the WNBA coming up on Sunday at 2 o'clock. I think it's on ESPN. And then, um, so that was one of, one of our poll questions. So actually, it might be our only poll question, but what were you watching last night? Were you watching ALCS in Game 1? Were you watching 
the Blackhawks and the Devils, and uh, uh, I'll save most of that for you guys uh, uh, from ten to eleven. Um, you know, they they didn't do anything until the final four minutes of the game, and then they scored twice and make it interesting. And I had Kubalik to score a goal, so thank goodness he scored with like thirty seconds to go. Uh, so so anyway, it was a profitable night for me. That's reverse karma for all those uh, Patrick Wisdom bets yeah. he didn't hit on. Yeah. Yeah. Or Schwindel. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so Kubalik scored late, and I, so I got something out of that night. Uh, but then, so you so got the Hawks. Yeah, point. That's right. They did. So you've got uh, the Blackhawks and the Devils. You have Bulls against the Grizzlies. Their final preseason game, and they go four zero. And then you had uh, Game Three of the WNBA Finals. So you can go to Twitter at ESPN one thousand. Put it down. You can always call us too. What were you watching? It was a it was a busy night of sports, even without um, you know the White Sox playing in the postseason. We'll talk more about that, Brian. This morning is a tough day for me because. I wake up this morning, and I realize it's cold out. Um, yes. So this is the first time since March I put jeans on. I've been wearing shorts since then, since March. Yeah, and I didn't break down. Uh, you know, and when you have dogs, you have to get up early and yeah. take them out. Yep. And I refused uh, long sleeves, but the shorts still stayed. So I, I, my long pants streak is uh, pants. Yeah. Pantsless I, I streak. Sh- yeah. <laughs> yeah, I should have gone. I should have gone shorts because I, putting the pants on, the jeans on, re- I realized that you can gain weight even in the summer. That's still possible. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because uh, the jeans I had last year that were a tad loose were just barely. You know, I I feel for the zipper. The the zippers barely keep staying in touch. So this just means Ted Luce. I think he's on the Hawks defense. Yeah, uh, I think so. Pairing. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. So Ted Luce. Yeah. So uh, we'll have to uh, we'll have to work on that a little bit. But yeah, today was the first day I went and grabbed uh, the jeans out of the closet and the long sleeve white sock shirt. Just figure it's one of the last times I can wear that. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Everybody, or at least the guys that stepped up and talked, Tony. um, They want Tony Larusa back. Tim Anderson, yeah. Jose Abreu. Now, granted, what else would they say? I mean, you're not they're not gonna sit there and say You're not gonna go public I, I don't think you're gonna come out and, and and be the major part of a story saying, nah, time for a change. Right. Although I threw it out there before Sunday's game when I think when we were talking last Saturday, would this be a one and done? And right. I, I said it's probably eighty twenty he comes back. Yeah. Because the chairman, I'm sure, hasn't changed his mind. Rick Hahn wasn't on board to begin with. He talked like he was on board, as it turned out. Um, I, you know, I'm not laying any. It's not his fault that they got beaten that series. No, um, because the team is they played the way they played all season, right? Hot and cold, and yeah, yeah. inconsistent and bad starting pitching. You know, it, they they all had their their. Ups and downs. They never walked. They never during the season. They never really walked to have any people. No, I mean, that no. scored. It was crazy. They walked twelve in the series from their starters. They hit a guy, and nine of those thirteen free passes scored. It's like okay, well, you, you know, that's the series right there. In my opinion, you didn't hit, but your pitch, your starting pitchers can't give up uh, walks, and they got to go a little bit. And we saw that last night with even Boston. Uh, Chris Sale. They needed a few innings for him, not just two. Right. Yeah. Right. And he couldn't give that to them. But um, yeah, I mean, what is what is Abreu or Anderson going to say? They're not going to say we don't want Tony back. Not after they get further than they've gotten in the past. So. But you know, it, look, you know, they need upgrades around the field, and you've been talking about it. You know, we, it, right field, second base. Right. You know, it. Uh, I, I assume Kopech's going to be in the rotation next year. 
what do you do? You know, Craig Kimbrell, this whole idea, pick up his option, 16 million, and then immediately trade him. Okay, sounds good. I don't know what you're going to get for him necessarily because exactly. everyone knows that's the plan. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so it, I'm, yeah, I'm not it, sure what they're going to do with him. It's, it's, uh, look, it was just discouraging that you come back 0 2. You, you, you had that game, I think, you know, what, somewhat six hours uh, when you were doing the post game that, yeah. God bless, four and a half hours, but it was worth it because they came back and it was exciting. The place was rocking. And then to dig that hole in the final game and, and just no one had the sense they were coming back in that one. So, no, no. I mean, they, they did come back from the previous game being down 5 1. They came right. back, tatted at 5. Houston took a 6 5 lead, and the Sox came back again. But, uh, yeah, it was not to be um, the other day in game four. So, 3 1 2, 3 3 2, 3 7 7 6. You want to talk about uh, the end of the White Sox, about Tony La Russa possibly coming back? Hey, the Cubs have a general manager now. Woohoo! Yeah. Uh, and uh, Tom Ricketts wrote, uh, wrote a little letter to, to all season ticket holders telling them that, uh, you know, they're in to win and they're going to have a competitive team and they're going to win another World Series soon. And it all sounds very good. And, and actually decreasing uh, price uh, season ticket prices or ticket prices around the ballpark. A nice little gesture, yeah. little. But when you see that they're committed to the three people guaranteed money, uh, Kyle Hendricks, Jason Hayward help. Yeah. And uh, was it Bodie? I think so. Well, there's a core. Um, (laughs) uh, So they started with $155 million, $156 and change at the beginning of the season. And they're down to $38.5 million in guaranteed money with Wilson Contreras. uh, Arbitration eligible and Ian Happ. I mean, the Ian Happ, David Bodie thing, can we just move on? I mean, you know, it's... And those those are guys that may help you once or you know a couple of times. Uh, they have their weeks, they have their little spurts. Neither one of those guys are going to be core guys to build a championship around. So you know, it's great people still love them because they're in Cubs uniforms. But let's move on. Let's get better. Yeah. So Carter Hawkins, the guy coming over, has a background in player uh, development. So you know they they did develop some pitchers with that Cleveland ball club. So. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of them are hurt all the time. But uh, let's see what he can do with the Cubs organization because, among other things, they need starting pitching, and that's something they've been looking for. They had a lot of guys. They ran through their system. I think they had, for the season, what was it, like 67 oh. or 68 guys um, yeah, on their, was, that had played throughout the course of the year. It was the most in Major League Baseball, yeah. in most in history. Yeah. You, know, you know who you don't have to play or develop? Carlos Correa. No. No, you don't. You just have to give him money and let him stand back and watch him perform. <laughs> That's it. He's pretty darn good. And I yeah. loved people, you know, back in the day, maybe I was against bat flips, but what he did last night was absolutely perfect. He did it against the White Sox. After he doubled, he stood at second base, pounded his chest, and said, it's my time. And yep. yesterday, he hit the homer, he pointed to his wrist, and just said, it's my time. And yeah. and I, I thought that was awesome. That was so cool. There was something else that happened in the game last night, which was something I hate. Uh, it's always up my can, and it happened yesterday. We'll talk about that. We'll get to the callers, 312-332-3776. It's, um, there's so much to talk about. We haven't even mentioned Bears and Packers. Uh, you've got baseball, the uh, game, the t- two championship series going today. you got Scherzer going against Max Freed as uh, they open up the series of Dodgers and the Braves later on tonight. The Sky win, were you at the game last night? What was that like? Uh, Justin Fields, Roquan Smith, you want to call us? The number is 312-332-3776 here on ESPN 1000. 
Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. We'll talk some Bears in a little bit. 312-332-3776. Hubner and Hanley here on ESPN 1000. The hockey show coming up at 10. Then at 11, it is Chicago's College Tailgate from Pops Pizza and Sports Bar. Black and Abdallah will be out there. 817 East Nergi. Uh, they'll be out, out there throughout the course of the day. Uh, you can follow ESPN 1000 Chicago on Twitch. Watch us live. Join the chat. Um, busy, busy day here. And then you get two baseball games later on today. Game two of the series between the Astros and the Red Sox. Stros up one game to none. And we'll talk about that in a minute. First, let's go on out to our guy out in Aurora, Jim. Jim, what's happening this morning? Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Good. Good. Hey, uh, I was rooting for the Cardinal White Sox uh, World Series, maybe. But I was shocked with what a great organization that the Cardinals run what this does to the NL Central for next year if that they let uh, their manager go. Any thoughts on that? And what, what do you think what's behind that? They're saying yeah, I mean, philosophical differences, but I don't I mean, know. I, I, it wouldn't, what, 17 in a row? I mean, yeah. Yeah. mostly it says mostly X got all the power, I mean, for sure, that Mike Schultz, he still hasn't publicly, he's declined comment, right? But he was told Thursday uh, after conversations with the GM that uh, the GM felt like they had philosophical differences uh, in which direction the team needed to go. No one got into particulars, but next thing you know, the owner and the GM are announcing that Schilt's out. And uh, uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm still dumbfounded by it, but it stuff happens, I suppose. I um, guess one of the things is they still got some old guys, older guys, your carpenters and some other guys like that that are still hanging around. They have a younger squad. I mean, you know, unless unless they were thinking about going all full, young, full you know rebuild? what I mean? Yeah, maybe a full rebuild. Well, they have some guys. I mean, Carlson and they they have some other decent players. Um, but you know, maybe they just didn't agree on which way they were going to yeah. go. I mean, but but they. I mean, you're talking all but Wainwright and Molina are going to be there. But I'm wondering if Wainwright even wants to be there now with. Because he did, he, I mean, he signed before he knew this, probably. So I don't know. He's a terrific broadcaster, yeah. too. By the way, yeah, he was really good. Jim Who knew. Uh, yeah, appreciate the call. I thought the bro- the calls with him and AJ were fun because they they actually had blowout games that they still made interesting. Absolutely, because you know a couple of th- six one games in the third or fourth inning that took forever, um, and that they made the games very interesting. Adam Amin's awesome. Uh, he is so good, and he worked great with those guys. I thought. Um, AJ was good, and it's great because he's able to. He questions things. He said, "I would have done this if I was Tony. Absolutely. I would have had Kopech ready earlier." You and know. he sticks to his guns too. It's funny because, like, oh, I want to call for a bunt there after you're saying you know, lay down a bunt. And but I mean, he he's spot on. He's very uh, Steve Stone like in in what he tells you what needs to be done, and often what is going to be done. Yeah, I'm very good. Uh, but back to St. Louis. I know you're you're of the camp that managers. Don't really, maybe don't mean even a whole impact, heck of a lot, right? Yeah, impact ten games. I, I you know, it's the old rule of thumb is some people said maybe, five. Yeah, originally, yeah. So, but to me, it's setting a tone. It's yeah. setting a culture. You know, all the buzzwords. Um, it's instilling discipline. It's expectations. It's a lot of stuff you can't really quantify, um, but it is surprising. Now, look, you know, they had to get they had to win seventeen games to even 
get in the conversation, let alone get in the playoffs, right? And they're right. a quick exit. So it could be more smoke and mirrors than anything else. Um, but it's awful difficult to win 17 games in baseball. Um, but they did it, and the manager still got fired. Well, and the Padres manager was Jace Tingler. He's out. And I understand they were smoke. Everybody thought they'd be in the playoffs. They didn't make it. But it, my biggest thing is, okay, how much is a manager going to do when you can't keep from, when Tatis healthy? When he was healthy, right. he was ripping the hell out of the ball. You can't keep some of these guys. You go, you're, you're, um, your GM goes out and gets you Darvish. Darvish didn't do what they expected him to do. So Larry Rothschild got canned first. Yeah. So, I mean, that's where the whole manager thing comes into me. GMs are so much more important than managers. Some people Absolutely. would people would complain about at times where Tony didn't have this, Tony didn't have this. And I think that Rick Hahn did a great job. But Rick Hahn also, at the start of the season last year, remember, they went with Adam Eaton as their outfielder, their right fielder. And we're still looking for a right fielder in the second baseman because yeah. they made the trade to get Craig Kimbrell, which didn't work out. And you gave up Nick Madrigal, who granted was hurt and wouldn't have been able to help you anyway. But at least you knew you'd have him next year. Now you don't, you didn't, Cesar Hernandez didn't do enough to make you happy. You're going to need a second baseman and a right fielder still, unless you're going to platoon Gavin Sheets and Andrew Vaughn. And I saw numerous people this week say, Andrew, it's a perfect time to, tr- to trade Andrew Vaughn. And it's like, okay, who knows what the White Sox are going to do? But you do need a guy, a right fielder, who's going to be an everyday right fielder that's going to solidify that outfield. All right. Well, if you need a second baseman, call Jed or Calvin, and um, you know Carter. It, Carter. Yeah, Carter. Yeah. yeah. So, and and ask. Uh, okay, Louis Robert for Madrigal. I think we can get that done today. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. They they might. Hello? I don't know. Is that dial tone? They might look for more. They might. They might look for more. Hey, Jerry Cross would say, "I need a sweetener." Yeah. After after all the things you took from us, yeah, we're not gonna just we're not gonna just give you Madrigal for Louis Robert. You got to give us more. Yeah. Yeah, I need a little something else. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. I want to play this before we get too far into it because I know we'll get into bears and some other stuff. We'll still talk baseball. Callers hanging there. This was yesterday, and I have a. Every time it happens, I go to my Twitter and say. In-game manager interviews are stupid. Yeah. Now, sometimes they record them. Uh, they record them during the break. But the breaks are so small now, they don't usually have time to hurry up, get it set, record it. So they do it during the game. So yesterday, they did an interview with Dusty Baker. And when I say they, I mean it was Joe Buck and John Smoltz. This is part of that interview. Making some pitches when he has to. And, uh, you know, like I said, oh, Lord. Here's one into left center. This ball is up and out. <laughs> way out. Yeah, way out. And this game is tied 1-1. Well, he hung a breaker ball. And, uh, you know, usually he doesn't hang them. Yeah, it's a 1-1 ball game uh, here in inning number three. But, my gosh, Kike Hernandez is having the week of his life. Now, I thought Dusty handled that great. He was doing an analyst. Yeah, he was yeah. doing. He was because he was the analyst, and he's done that in the past. This is what happened after the game. Dusty, when you were on live on Fox, you actually were watching the Kike home run, and you did a little, little bit of play by play. Can you walk us through that? What was that like to see that game tied while you're on the air? It was terrible. <laughs> and I mean, I, I blame Fox for that because invariably, when you are doing a lot in you know in-game live interview something usually always happens and you know 
my mom's watching the game, so you got to <laughs> like, you know, really, I think I said, oh, God. And, oh, and, Lord. Oh, Lord. Yeah, because that ball, as soon as it touched his bat, it was gone. I mean, there was no, I haven't seen a hitter this hot, you know, in the last week, uh, you know, than Kiki Hernandez. And, uh, boy, when I saw that ball go up, I was like, oh, man, that was a, that was a blast. And then he... Then he blasted another one. So, yeah, it's not a good feeling when, you know, when you're live on air and you see that ball leaving the ballpark. Now, if Dusty's mother wasn't watching, it would have been nice to just said, you know, and if he would have just said whatever the hell he wanted to say. And then maybe <laughs> networks would stop doing this because well, you're not going to get anything from him. Well, and speaking of getting anything, so Tom Verducci, the, the only thing dumber than maybe in, in-game managerial interviews. Yeah. His pitching, pitching coach, coach interviews, yeah. <laughs> Ethan Katz. What'd you tell him? Well, we just saw something and we think we corrected it. Yeah. Well, you know what was it? The yeah, re- I think we're we're not going to tell you. Thank well, you. You know the reason he talked to Ethan Katz is because Tony probably said, "There's no way I'm doing an in-game interview." Exactly right. The way he's so into the game as the game's going on, and that's the way some managers should do it. And a lot of you know baseball, they say, "Oh, we want to do this." We want to, you know, they don't they don't talk to a football coach when his team's got a third and five. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> let's go down to the assistant to traveling yeah. secretary. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's go down to the special teams coach. What did you tell your guy? Well, I told him <laughs> not to catch the damn ball, and I told him to keep his feet on the ten and don't go backwards. But he did. And last week, Jakeem Grant, the guy the Bears just get, Tyler and I were just talking. He catches a punt five yards deep in the end zone and brings yeah. it out. Listen, Jakeem, they traded a guy for you. They like you. You don't have to prove your worth. They wanted to go get you. You don't have to take a punt from five yards deep. Now, he ran it out to the 18. Okay, great. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he almost got to the 20. But it's like, you know, so, but I've always hated the in-game interviews. And I used to to work for, I used to cover Chicago Fire Soccer games, and we would do the, the coach. Now, there were times where, you know, soccer games might be one nothing or 2 one. Or nothing, nothing. Well, for good. it's the fire. A good percentage. Yeah, the fire would. They usually score. got the nil. Yeah. yeah. So I'd be, we'd be talking to the the head coach of the op, the opposing team, and they score a goal against them, and it's like, okay, could we stop doing these? And I know everybody wants to get the insight. You don't get much. You don't get, and it just, I don't know. I, I'd give you the for the uh, for bleep's sake that yeah. would come out of my mouth. Exactly. Um, and speaking of Tyler Aki, our great producer, he's got a bone to pick with you. I know we only get four choices on Twitter, but I'm sure he was watching Syracuse Clemson last night. So close yet again. So close. Oh, you mean they didn't win? I missed that. They covered. Well, yeah, it's, I know that. It's, it's pretty easy to cover when it's a 13 and a half point spread in Clemson's <laughs> offense is mustering up, what, 17 points last night? Oh, double. Callers hang in there. I, I, well, actually, let me grab John from Evanston really quick, and then we'll grab some other callers after a quick break. John, what's up? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. How are you? You know, I, I think, you know, the White Sox are going to have to replace a couple of their starters. One's going to be a free agent, probably not come back. And the other one, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I think they'll probably release them, but you you need to get a couple of starters in there that have playoff experience that can you know be the be the leader on the field and show these younger pitchers what it takes not only to to get the job done but to get deep into the playoffs you know i mean 
And that right fielder, the right fielder that we get should probably have a ring in his pocket too that could, you know, get out there every day, make that, make those plays. And that right fielder's got to have pop in his bat. That, that's a long ball position. They got to do it right. They've got the money to spend. Go out and get what you think you need to get not only into the playoffs, but deep into the playoffs this year. And, and let's get this thing back on track, huh? Who, who are they releasing? I think he was talking about Keiko. You were talking about no. Keiko, yeah, right? Keiko. Yeah, not, they, not, they owe him $18 million and yeah. $20 million yeah. next, the next two years. They, they, owe too, they owe him too much money. $38 so. Million or well, so, maybe 40 over the next what two. I don't know what they're going to do with – you know, I don't know if that was such a great move bringing Keiko in because – Well, not this year, was it? No. I mean, he pitches like Hendricks. He doesn't have – he he doesn't have the cannon for an arm that you, that you need from a lefty that can, you know, throw in the upper 80s or lower 90s and kind of pull some tricks out of his cap to get batters out on their own without his help. <laughs> yeah, 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 John, appreciate the call. He is a guy that, you know, they bring him in, he's a ground ball pitcher, and, you know, when obviously when things are working, his ground ball goes to the guys, you know, in the infield. Hey, so, I know a, I know a right fielder with a ring in his pocket. <laughs> okay, forget it. No, no pop in his bat. You guys have been trying to get rid of Jason Hayward for years. That's... Okay, so <laughs> there's your sweetener. Yeah, right. Oh, so, yeah. so okay, yeah. Hayward? Yeah, that yeah, Hayward, Madrigal. Hayward and Madrigal for uh, Luis Robert. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Is this, is this hello? Yeah, three one two three three two three seven seven six. You want to talk more baseball, or we can get into some Bears because the Bears get the Green Bay Packers the first of two meetings. Packers had an interesting game last week. Mason Crosby missing three field goals, but he finally made one to beat Cincinnati. And the Bears have a ton of injuries. Their field goal kicker hasn't missed one thirty four consecutive, the longest streak going in uh, the NFL right now, and. It is a franchise record. Forget about Robbie Gold and Kevin Butler. We got Cairo Santos kicking for the Bears. 312-332-3776. Hubner and Hanley here on ESPN 1000. ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Don't forget the hockey show coming up at ten o'clock. Blackhawks uh, first three games of the season. They're open. They're doing home openers for the opposition. It's not. It's not a great thing. Uh, yeah, much yeah. easier in Pittsburgh tonight. Yeah. Well. Yeah. We'll see. That's a um, uh, what six o'clock. Not that it's a kind of an early game. Um, so last night they had a uh, rough one. Pat Boyle will be here to talk with Brian Hanley on the hockey show. Then at eleven, it is. Chicago's College Tailgate, Black and Abdallah on the road again. They're out in Roselle at Pops Pizza and Sports Bar, 817 East Nergi. Head on out there. They'll be there from 11 to 1 talking about all the big games in college football. 312-332-3776. Before we get to some bears, let's go on out to the Mad Trucker. Trucker, what's going on? Hey, Fred. Long time no talk. Well, I'm glad to hear your voice again. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing good now. I appreciate it. But, you know... With the Cubs uh, looking at them and everything, uh, to me, Kyle Hendricks now is just like a number three starter. Don't you think that they need a number one and a number two starter and then let maybe Justin Steele and Keegan Thompson finish the end row? And then you bring up Jason Hayward. That's that's just like a virus. He's worse than COVID nineteen. That guy, <laughs> oh, that guy, 
That wow. guy is terrible. You could even you could even get you could even get him on a little league team. That guy, Patrick Wisdom, hit more home runs in three three months than Hayward's done in two years. Three games. I mean, what a waste! What a waste of money. That guy, as much as big as that guy is, and as put together he is, the only thing that saved his career so far is his glove. I don't know what you guys think, but I would send him in the next junk pile and get rid of him. You guys have a good day. I'm glad to talk to you. And then send Thanks, a word Trucker. over to Merv and tell him I said hello, please. I definitely will, Trucker. Appreciate it as always. Um, you know, do you, can you see them going out and, and spending money on a one and two starter? Because his concept of a one and two starter and having Hendricks as three makes sense. But are you going to spend that money on, on not one, but two starting pitchers for next year? He just got rid of you, Darvish, I know. in his contract, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, you know, your new GM is a pitcher development guy. So, you know, check back with me in three years. That's what I heard. No, they're not. I mean, uh, you know, you look at the free agent list of pitchers, and there's some guys out there you're going to, you know, Robbie Ray or whatever. Sure. Is, is, it, is he this year's guy or last year's guy, right? He couldn't strike anybody out last year, walked everybody. You're not going to go spend on Max Scherzer or somebody like that, right? So I'm with him. You need one and two, and Kyle Hendricks is really a three right now, given his age and inconsistency and, and lack of uh, velocity. But I, I don't believe for a second they're going to spend intelligently. So they're either going to go get some guys who had good seasons and are, are not going to break the bank, or they believe are reclamation projects and they can get more out of them. I, I you know they're they're not changing their their course completely and going back to to a 150 200 million dollar payroll. Now this question hasn't been come up for a while because a lot of people haven't talked about Cubs baseball for a little while. But can you see any of the three coming back to the Cubs? No. Rizzo, Baez, or Bryant. Now Bryant, no. I don't see. But... No, we talked about it. Bryant was happy. He was counting the minutes. Yeah. Worried that he wasn't getting traded. Right. Seems to have found a home in San Francisco at the least, and who knows? Uh, you know, his stock was rising a bit, so he's not going to get the money Scott Boris envisioned years ago. But he'll get better than he was going to get from the Cubs. Right. Um, I, I still don't believe that Baez is coming back, nor Rizzo. So no, I don't. I don't think they have any interest in. Are you going to raise the offers to those guys that you, you had on the table? And Jed said he can sleep at night easily, knowing that he had game market value. No, you wouldn't think back. so. Yeah, you wouldn't no. think you raise uh, raise them up. That, I don't know that the baseball pre or postseason could have happened without the Cubs. Uh, Rizzo and Schwarber <laughs> in the yeah. in the wild card game. You got you got Bryant. You got Tapera, Kimbrel. Well, you know Kimbrel didn't pitch well. Tapera did. Um, he went four innings. He gave up one guy on base, I think, and then got and sparked everybody from talking about the uh, you know the possibility of cheating uh, oh. again. And I did see somebody yesterday holding up a sign, an Astros fan that said, "We steal bases." Um, you know, since with uh, the "We Steal" signs thing, right? So, right. yeah, I mean, whatever. And I tried to get the point across, and I know people that you know, if you want to call them cheaters, fine. They got caught doing what they were doing. Um, they admitted it. I said uh, last week that they took their punishment. Everybody got out of me. They go, what punishment? They didn't take their punishment. Well, basically on a daily basis, you know, little uh, Altuve has been called every name in the book. And um, they've still yeah, got I out mean, 40,000 people were chanting at him. Yeah. And he just trills one about 500 feet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, look, if you, can't, if you can't appreciate how they play baseball right now, right. then you're not a baseball fan. Yeah, yeah. 
So, I mean, I you know, five years in a row to the championship series. No, I mean, come on. That's three years after they were, uh, you know, uh, allegedly cheated. No, they, they did cheat. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the three years after they cheated, they still won. Yeah. So they said, They're okay, only getting we, better. Yeah, we won't cheat. And we'll still show you that we're good enough to do it. So unbelievable. Yeah, it's been and, and and Rick Morrissey wrote that column that basically, you know, the White Sox and a whole host of teams, including the North Side, they they need that whatever you want to call it, swagger, focus, determination. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um and that they're they're just I mean, they're there's just go out there and they're gonna make it take it and the, and make it, you know, no matter what the score is, they're not out of a game. No. No. And uh, damn Michael Brantley, he just he keeps hurting you, too. Uh, let's go to Westchester and Brandon. You're on ESPN 1000. Hey, Brandon. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, I just want to uh, chime in on a few things on what we actually need. I'm going to blame this whole thing, not the whole thing, but primarily on the offense. Uh, you look at the last couple of months, they weren't getting, and it went into the playoffs. And the reason I say the offense is because our starting pitcher was exposed. They exposed our starting pitching. And we need double-digit runs. We need runs and more runs and more runs because they need a margin for error to give up runs. And what I mean by that, I'm tired of listening to Steve Stone. And, Fred, if you heard me say this, and keep lying to me, telling me that this guy is not sharp. No, he was sharp. He just didn't want to throw a strike. That's yeah. what his problem was. He knew if he threw it across the plate against quality Hitters. You see, that stuff with Giolito has and Lynn has, it works against the Tigers. It works against the Royals when you don't have a quality lineup one through nine. But when you get good hitters who got good eye coordination, Lucas Giolito, they could tell that's a ball outside before it gets to the plate. They're not biting on it. And, Freddie, let me ask you guys this. The jury's out on Duke. Uh, 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 that one year didn't buy it for me. He came back doo-doo. Who? I don't leaving them now. He's got to prove it the same way they said Tim Anderson has to keep proving it over and over again. And I'm going to throw in a couple of nuggets. Can we please tell our right hitters, right hand hitters, go the opposite way. That's what makes Tim Anderson so successful. He always looks towards the other way, especially Abreu. He, Abreu gets a pass because of his RBIs and the home runs, but he keeps leading the major leagues in double plays because he won't go to right field. Thanks, guys. I appreciate the call. Um, oh. He does. He does go to right field. Uh, Abreu does. I couldn't remember who. I couldn't make out who he said the guy was that needs to improve a lot. Was he talking about Eloy? I couldn't. I couldn't figure that one out. Yeah, he dropped out. I don't know. So basically, yeah. someone's overrated. Right. What about that? Where was the starting pitching exposed? Are they just pretty good and not as great as as we anticipated because of what they did mostly against a bad division? Yeah, I think that one of the things that got me and I couple a couple guys I know that know baseball a lot better than I do. We're talking about the problem the White Sox have, and one of the problems is, and I don't know if it's Ethan Katz or the whole way that they went about things, but once they got two strikes on guys, they didn't go to put them away. They were too worried about coming across the plate, and they would nibble, and they go two strikes, mm. uh, and then one and two, and two and two, and three and two, and maybe walk a guy. And you saw here in the playoffs, they walk so many guys. You've got to go out and go after these hitters. And if if they're good at one place, you've got to hit the other spots. You can't nibble once you get two strikes. And they were a team that did that a lot with their pitching. And uh, it was real frustrating. And obviously the series was frustrating with all the walks. And, and none it's of the still starters... frustrating for fans. You just heard it in the voice yeah. of our caller. Too. Sure. Well, the starters go at one and two-thirds, two and two-thirds, oh. three and two-thirds, and four and a third. So none of the starters went through the five innings. And only one of them got to the, got to the fourth. 
So, or two of them got to the fourth. One got to the fifth. So it, it was absolutely brutal. Uh, twelve and one, twelve and a third innings, fourteen runs from the starting pitching for the White Sox, and no extra base hits from nope. Anderson, Moncada, Abreu, Robert, and Jimenez. It's hard to win games like that. You that saw gets last you an night. Early exit. Yeah, yeah, it gets you an early exit. You saw last night the Stars, Altuve, Correa, home runs. Correa three for four. Um, hey, the just... only time you hit home runs was the one game you won, right? I yes. Mean, yeah. You needed a couple, and you got at least two. So you got two, and yeah. uh, there was a number in the playoffs. And when you hit two or more, when the Sox hit two or more homers, their win percentage was crazy. But they hit two or more homers once. They won that one game. Yep. Callers, jump on in. We're here until 10. That is the Hockey Show, 312-332-3776 on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. The Hockey Show coming up at 10 o'clock. Let's grab a couple of callers. Bears and Packers. It's Bear Packer Week. The Bears at home at Soldier Field as they got a road win or now a three and two. We go to our guy, Bear fan Bob. Bob, what's going on? Good morning, guys. Uh, I got a lot for you. You know, the Bears can do this, all right? Number one, they got to play smash mouth ball. The Packers can't really withstand smash mouth ball. The Packers are a team I watch up here, being I live north of the border. Anyways, for the Bears' offense, you need to put Fields again in a max protect uh, setup situation. Two tight end set is good. Don't be afraid to run run the ball right down the gut on the Green Bay Packers. Their defensive line ain't nothing special, and their backfield isn't special either. Go ahead. Wing the ball over the top of the linebackers, it's fine. There's only one problem with the Packers' defense, Adrian Amos. Heck of a football player, as all Bear fans know. And another way to beat Aaron Rodgers, keep him off the field. Never mind. For the Bears' uh, defense, a five-man front should probably do it. Probably not a four-man, but a five-man. Their their offensive line's improving a little bit. You're going to need to bump the receivers at the line of scrimmage and throw them off their patterns, and you got to get back there and disrupt Rodgers. You need to take Adams out of the game. You know, the rest of the players, other than maybe Cobb, they're guys, okay? The running backs aren't really special. You know, they block a little bit for them, okay. But if you disrupt that line, you should do very, very well. Guys, those are my thoughts. I know you're busy, and have a great day, and go Bears. Bob, appreciate it as always. My my problem about running the ball, last week Mm. was great. They ran the ball with Damian Williams. They ran the ball with Khalil Herbert. That's fine. Damian Williams tests positive for COVID and likely won't play. Now you've got Khalil Herbert, the rookie, and what do you got after that? I mean, is Ryan Gall going to carry the ball? He looks really good. Yeah. But is he going to be able to take all all the carries that they need? Because last week I think they carried the ball 37 times. Um, I don't know if he's going to be able to hold up, hold up for 37 carries. That's a lot. Um, last well, week they start, split him. You have to give him the chance. You have to give him the opportunity. You better you better not you know pull uh, – Pulling your horns here on the running game, you better come out and do what you've been doing and see if he can. He's up to the task, and and he may surprise you. I, I mean, I'm not. I can't be critical of what he's given you so far. So no, not at all. I mean, so I love he, what he's given him. If I'm Bill Lazor, I'm I'm going to stick to that and then see if we if he can keep it going. And the, the thing, the offensive line, uh, you had you're going to have somebody else because of Fetty. I doubt he he's he's out no. for a while now. Yeah. So he's on he's on IR. They don't think he'll be done for the year, but he's out for a little while. 
Um, you know, Damian Williams down. They have injuries. Khalil Mack hasn't practiced all week. He's got a foot injury, but they expect him to be ready. Allen Robinson with an ankle. He was limited in practice. Akeem Hicks still with that groin injury that he suffered in the first play a week or so ago. He's limited. And um, and the returner, Jakeem Grant, also limited. And a lot of guys are question marks. But you don't want to be a question mark going up against the Packers because they, you know, Aaron Jones is a pretty good running back um, for the Packers. Adams is amazing. He keeps getting open. And Randall Cobb has killed the Bears the first time he was here. Now he's back for a second stint with the Packers. Well, we're going to find out if the Bears uh, defense is as good as it looks right now because it's great that they have an NFL best 18 sacks and their takeaways, seven takeaways. If you do it against the Rodgers and put pressure on him and make a, make the day miserable for Aaron Rodgers, that's going to be terrific. But, you know, the, everything you've seen so far of Sean Desai in the last three weeks anyway, it's been uh, much better than it looked early in the season. Yeah, and, and takeaways. They need a few takeaways. Yep. Um, they need to take the ball away from Aaron Rodgers. Now, he's not going to make – he usually doesn't make, throw a lot of interceptions, but yeah, taking the ball away. And uh, we'll see what Roquan Smith does. Danny Trevathan got some playing time uh, last week. We'll see how he does. Uh, let's take a look really quickly at how our poll did, uh, asking people what they watched last week, uh, or last night, actually, last week. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> but last night, you had uh, ALCS Game 1. You had the um, Blackhawks and the Devils. You had the Bulls and the Grizzlies. And you had Game 3 of the WNBA Finals. So how did it play out, Tyler? A lot of people love their postseason. So it starts with the ALCS Game 1. That leads the way with 40% of the vote. The WNBA Finals Game 3 gets 25% of the vote. Mm. Blackhawks-Devils at 22%. And not a lot of people tuning into the final preseason game for the Bulls. 13% taking that in. Yeah. So, I mean, but there was, like I said, there was so much to watch last night. And, uh, you know, and and Pat Boyle coming up, and uh, he's got a rotating group of uh, people he'll be working with throughout the throughout the season in in the studio. And then was there last night. Yeah, he was. He was. And one of the really cool things I know you guys will talk about it, but how uh, Jimmy Hayes had played for actually both teams, um, the Devils and the Blackhawks. And uh, they did a nice little tribute to him last night after he, we lost him in the offseason. So uh, you guys will talk more about that. I'm sure uh, the Blackhawks need to score a few goals. Hey, Kubelik got, got a goal for me. Now I got to see who's going to score. Ching, 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 yeah, ching. Now I got to see who's going to score for me later on tonight. Uh, Brian, you got a pick on this uh, Bears-Packer game tomorrow? Uh, until you can, what, uh, Aaron Rodgers, 13 starts at Soldier Field, 10 wins. Um, I think they'll be competitive. They can win the game, but I, in the end, I don't think they will win the game. I, I would t- take Green Bay. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be a good game. It's going to be close. I don't see them getting blown out. Back. Packers haven't done that to anybody, really, um, this year. They've played a lot of close games, so we'll see how things go. Uh, I'll be here tomorrow after the game, so we can talk about that. We'll discuss it on the uh, post-game show. Don't go anywhere. The hockey show coming up, and after that, at Chicago's College Tailgate. The guys are out in Roselle, Black and Abdallah, but it's hockey talk, puck talk coming back. We come back in about Uh, two and a half minutes here on ESPN 1000.